Obviously, I'm the host of this because that's the name of this podcast. This is the podcast where I have comedians confess things to me that they've never told anyone. Very exciting. Um, I'm really excited for my guest today. I've been trying to get him on for a while, and he's finally here. He hosts his own podcast called Unpopular Opinion. It's Adam Todd Brown. Yay! What's up? Thanks for having me. Thanks I appreciate for being it. Here. This is fun. It's already fun. It is already fun. Well, yeah. yeah, it hasn't even begun. And <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, it could be awful. I don't. A, I shouldn't have said that right away up top. It's gonna be. I'm it'll still be deciding fun. what this experience is like. Thanks well, for having me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're no stranger to podcasts, so you're all you have to talk about yourself a lot on them. Because um, this one, I, I started. It's all about like sort of being honest and being open. Um, obviously you regularly talk to your fans on your podcast, but do you have like, um, do you go to therapy or do you have like regular places you go where you like spaces where you go and like sort of let go of all the stuff you're thinking of? No, I used to, I, I used to go to therapy when I lived in other States, but in California, it just seems so cliche to be in therapy. <laughs> like everyone's in therapy. So I just wing it now that I live here. Yeah. Like just being in Cal, I, I grew up in the Midwest. So just being in California is sort of therapy for me because I know there's no winter coming. Oh, that's true. The sun does make you happier. I actually think I feel like I need more therapy when I live in a city like L.A. But that's because it's just so hard to like grasp reality. I always feel so yeah. out of touch with the problem is you're probably talking to too many people. <laughs> I don't do just a in lot general. Of that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But you talk a lot, you do stand up and you do podcasts. Yeah, but those aren't, those are comics. Those You've aren't, got like a, those aren't circle. people. That's like a different thing. Uh-huh. Like, I just, I don't, yeah, I, I do comedy, I do uh, podcasts. Yeah, I'm, I'm exaggerating. I talk to people a lot. You have, you tend to have like a tighter circle of friends. Yeah. Friends, that's a good word for it. People uh-huh. I host podcasts with. <laughs> People, I see that. Yeah, I feel like that's when I hang out with my friends is when I ask them to be on my podcast. I'm like, do you want to get lunch? I'm busy that day. Do you want to do my podcast? Ooh, I'm free. Yeah, <laughs> okay. that's pretty much how it works. That's funny. Uh, well, not all confessions are bad, and I like to start every episode by asking for a good confession to start off on a positive note. Do you have something good you want to confess? I drove my car 200 miles illegally this week and did not get pulled over once. Whoa. What made it illegal? Were you drunk? No. <laughs> no. In California, I don't, I'm sure a lot of people, everyone in California knows this, but to renew your registration, sometimes you have to get a smog uh-huh. check on your car. Okay. And I went to renew my registration, which was two years past due, and I paid that and I had to get a smog check. And apparently, if your car is disconnected from power at any point, all of the internal computers kind of reset. So to get a smog check, uh, first they said, well, you have to drive your car 50 miles to reset the computers. And I did that that day and went back and they said, no, it's still not working. You have to drive more. So all this week I've been, when... I had time just kind of getting on the highway and driving my car for miles and miles and miles and then going back to this place, which is actually like a block from here. Like I was a block from here this morning just to have them tell me your car still can't get a smog check. I don't, I've driven 
more than 200 miles so far man well i thought you were gonna say like you were like on the run but this seems like you were doing everything in your uh power to follow the rules to be legal right yes. and then they're like nope still not and good. it's still heart pounding action because i know <laughs> at any second i could get pulled over this is the plot of the next fast and the furious movie is just trying to get a smog check i would watch that uh-huh <laughs> i'm gonna write it i you feel like i've it. been yeah, writing it, it this van, week van diesel a lot of Chevy Malibus in that version. <laughs> I did. Um, I found Van D- one day when I was really like just I do get bored and sad and then I just surf the Internet. But I w- looked at Van Diesel's website and I found his he had like a he's changed it since then. But when I first went on there, I, I found he had this like blog section that just has one picture from like the set of like the second Fast and the Furious movie or something from like a long time ago. I think wow. it was like 2011 or something. But it was just a long time ago. And then I, I thought it was funny and I, I was tweeting at him. And then once on, uh, I was still at Cracked then and so I talked about it on a Cracked Response. And then the next, after the day after the video went up, it got changed. So I'm like, maybe he saw it. Wow. I think that is I don't know if he did, but it could have just been like in the zeitgeist. Maybe he was looking at his website and I was looking at his website and we're like Voldemort and Lord, uh, and Harry and they were connected, you know, somehow. But yeah. Who knows? I don't think you should sell it short. I think he saw that <laughs> and was very embarrassed. Because I was just like, what are you doing, man? Like, well, you got this blog and there's one thing on it and it's just a picture. Because Cracked used to be huge. So he probably yeah. saw it. I like to think that he saw it, but yeah. who knows? Uh, but anyways, yeah. So I'm sure he would respond to the, if you want to send the script of your smog check. Yeah, it's saga. not a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, what else does he have going on right now? <laughs> yeah, probably not much. <laughs> Singing karaoke. I love Vin Diesel. He does. Uh, I remember all of the Beyonce lip sync videos he put up on his yeah. Facebook. He has a robust Facebook page. He does. It's very impressive. He's built quite a community for himself. He has that video of him. If you guys haven't seen this, look up Vin Diesel singing Rihanna Stay. Oh, uh, also good. Drunk in Love by Beyonce. Oh, really? Yeah. Because there's just a video of him in like a dark room singing. What you can see like the video of Stay like uh, reflecting off his face. <laughs> And he's just singing it, but like so earnestly. Is he wearing cargo shorts in that Probably. one? Probably. <laughs> because he is in the Beyonce one. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. It's so funny. Yeah, man. What a funny guy. I'd love to just know what's going on in that brain of his. Um, do you, okay, we have a listener confession. How do you feel about responding to this? I'm oh, gonna, I'm all for it. All right, let's do it. Um, congratulations on your car, Cars Dog. <laughs> so here's uh so we if you guys want to send in confessions you can do that to at tell me anything pod at gmail.com so here's one from a listener i won't say the name but they wrote this here's my good confession first i was raised in an abusive household that doesn't sound good uh and spent a lot of my time in a woman's shelter with my mom i anonymous anonymously pay a lawn care company a yearly contract to maintain the lawn of the shelter oh that's nice the people that know about this is my mother and my father. My stepfather was an asshole, not my dad. Now my bad confession. Okay, guys, they don't have to be good and bad. I know I like set the tone <laughs> for like it starts with a good, but they could just be confessions. Anyways, okay, so I'm a recovering alcoholic, and this is something that I haven't even told my therapist. Literally nobody except the woman I talk about below knows about this. Well, except you and your listeners now. Yay for anonymity. During my addiction, I was a complete man whore. I've been out of rehab for about a year and a half now, and I've decided to start dating again. I've been contacted by three different women in the last three months via dating sites that have had to remind me that we had sex. I literally did not recognize any of them. It's pretty damn depressing to think about. Uh, And then he goes, by the way, welcome to the adult ADHD club, because I talk about having ADHD. And he says, your club patch is in the mail. So, ooh, this is heavy. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it seems like the first step to like any, I mean, you're recognizing that you have a habit. It's not, I don't think sex itself is bad, but it seems like you're using it maybe to cope with something you're dealing with. Like maybe like obviously the addiction. Um, and so anything when it's used to cope or to distract yourself from a problem can be hurtful. Um, but I think the fact that you recognize it and it seems like maybe you want to change is a good first step. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that's always the first step. And now just do less fucking, man. Yeah. I mean, but like, you know, fuck whoever you want as long as you also have your shit together. You know what I mean? Like, don't use it as a way. You you can't like escape your problems through your cunt. Don't pay your rent with it. Right, right, right. Well, you, I mean, you could. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, if you're a dude paying your rent with it, that's <laughs> if, you're, if you're paying your rent amazing. with it and yeah. you're a sex worker and you're, that's your li- livelihood, do that, I guess. But I guess what we're saying is don't do something as a way to escape from something else right. to run away. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Yeah. Do you Unless have, like, it's like drugs or gambling or something and then you're just going to like, <laughs> obviously, why else would you do either of those things? Don't quit one escape. bad habit for another bad habit. Okay. Right? No? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, because some people have personality. Like, I I don't drink now, but I have friends who, like, drink a lot and are totally cool. And it's like, I think it it just depends on the person. I never think there's any, besides maybe, like, murder or something where you're hurting someone. I don't think there's, like, inherently a a vice that's just, like, bad. I think it's that the way we do it and the way we use it to, like, ignore other things in our lives that might be bad. Yeah, I mean, in terms of vices, sex is probably the least harmful, as Mm -hmm. long as you're being responsible about it. Because, like, you could do a ton of coke, and it feels like it's only hurting you, but once you follow the money behind cocaine and how it's produced and the people producing it and what's happening to the people producing it, then it's there's more problematic stuff there. Hmm. So. But if you're, well, then you could say the same thing about plastic cups, probably. Oh, yeah. You could say the same thing about everything. Like, <laughs> Anything that costs money. Yeah. There's like, probably a, a head honcho behind Like, good it. for Nike for hiring Colin Kaepernick. Now, fire all your <laughs> child slaves and replace them with adults. Right. There's, oh, someone says, this, I can't take credit for this quote, but someone said it. Oh, I think she said her therapist, my friend said her therapist told her this, but she said, like, a, uh, a bank robber who donates what he steals to charity still robbed a bank. Right. So it's like, doesn't mean it's black and white, good or bad. Like Nike, like you're saying, yeah, you do still, something good, but like they could still be profiting off of it or they could have still hurt people. So right. it's good to weigh like your, I guess, your weigh like your social consequences. Just because you're helping someone doesn't mean you're not hurting someone else. Right. But in the same way, you, person writing in, whose name I will not say, are also a person. So don't, don't like discount yourself when you're counting who you're hurting. Like also... Yeah, don't you hurt know, yourself. Count, yeah, don't hurt yourself. Count yourself. And then maybe then if you start seeing yourself as a person that needs to be helped, then you won't you won't like engage in bad habits. Right. Yeah, that's what I got to say about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you have do you have like uh what are your like coping things besides like I guess the the obvious like sex drugs or whatever? Do you have like little like random habits? Like I love to get boba tea whenever I'm having a bad day. Do you have things like that that you're like, "Oh, this is my thing that I do when I feel bad?" Um, I like going to the movies. I don't get, I work so much that me leaving the house is always an event. Uh So (laughs) if I really need to like just get out and do something, I'll go see almost any movie. Do you like going by yourself to movies? I do like going to movies by myself. I've never had a problem with that. Me too. I think it's really not, it kind of gets me out of my head a lot because you just got to go into the story and then you don't think about anything for those two hours. Yeah. And I tend, I'm a, 
big fan of horror movies and I tend to date women who don't like horror movies. Mm -hmm. So for that, it's like, I'll, I'll go see a horror movie by myself and that usually yeah will fix me up a little the, bit. <laughs> I hate horror movies, but I think a lot of dudes like it. I, th- I feel like most of the guys I meet love it. I know yeah, women I'm, who like it too, but I think I have a very active imagination. So to me, it's like, I, it might be entertaining in the moment, but like as soon as I'm out, it c- keeps following me. I can't just shut right. it off. It's like, what if all those things are at my house when I get home? Right. But actually I could say the same of like rom-coms. They follow me too. But so, but in a different way, like I'll watch something <laughs> and I'll be like, Oh, well I guess I deserve this love now. <laughs> and then I'll also be, de- uh, I'll be sad for in the next few days, but yeah. I like romantic horror movies, <laughs> romantic horror. We need more of that. Yeah, We need some horror Rom- movies are pretty horny though. I feel like a lot of horror movies are super horny. There's always like sex and nudity. Uh, and yeah, stuff. of course. Because that's one of the things you get murdered over. Right. There's like studies that show, I think maybe this even came up at crack, but there's studies that show that people get hornier after they're scared because fear is a big like, oh yeah, I see that. So I think that's why people like going to horror movies on dates. Yeah. If you're scared together, then you're like, oh, well we got to save each other. Like we got to procreate before like we get murdered by this beast. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing that you're going to get murdered for having sex, which is what happens sure, in, in most horror movies. Yeah, there's a lot horror of horror movies are like low key some of the most conservative shit. Like, yeah, they really play on morals and moral values. And yeah, the why are you doing die. drugs? That's why you got a machete to your forehead. <laughs> it's like, no, nah, that's not how the world should work. I think it also explores our fears, though, and our most primal fears usually come from our desires because it's always right. like the forbidden is. Uh, like the off limits is what we want, but also what we're afraid of. So I think there's a lot of that. Maybe it's not necessarily that they're saying sex is bad, but it's saying like this thing you want feels off limits. So like you're going to have to have consequences or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But you know, life is just, I think you should do what you want as long as you're not hurting anyone. So have sex, don't murder. That's the words I live by. It's a good slogan. It's pretty good, right? Yeah. I, should I make a, Should I make stickers? <laughs> Have make sex, t-shirts. don't murder. <laughs> Have sex, don't murder. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, speaking of words to live by and uh, living, uh, let me see if I can transition this. L- living <laughs> and uh, and words. Are there is there, are there any words you'd like to tell me? <laughs> I got there about your life that I don't know about you. Um, I don't know if you know this about me. Some people know it about me, but I've smoked crack before. Okay, I don't think I... Well, I Speaking don't know that drugs. specifically about you, but we did do a drug video together. Yes. Without... What, no crack was in it, but... No, there was no crack. Which one was that? It was uh, we Robert Evans. Doing, um, like, the no, the nose tobacco yeah, pipe, right? Yeah, did that, and then I did... Oh, you guys did that. I didn't do that, but I was producing the video, and then right. I did the uh, mushroom tea. Totally legal. What up, mom? Um, yeah. <laughs> it was all cleared by, <laughs> by the legal department of our company. Um, but yeah, so I, I can, I can connect the dots if I'm not surprised of you saying this, but I'm curious of the circumstances in which it happened. It was one of those things I've, I've actually smoked crack twice in my life. And the first time it happened, I had been working overnight at this grocery store and I had a coworker, we called him Italian Neil because his name was <laughs> Neil and he was Italian. Creative. And one night after work, he was like, hey, man, I got a motel room. Do you want to go hang out? (laughs) And I was like, no. (laughs) Why would I want to hang out with you in a motel room? This makes no sense. And he was like, 
well, I got crack and I don't want to smoke crack alone. And I had never seen anyone Whoa. smoke crack. So I was like, yes, I want to watch you smoke crack. And when we get there, we stopped at Wendy's. How old were you? I would have been probably 20 or 21. Okay. I was young. And we get there and we're hanging out. We're eating Wendy's, of course. Because it's a, a motel room and crack. Wendy's is the logical <laughs> extension there. Sure. And he starts like, he empties out this mini bottle of vodka and puts like foil on it and does all of this, like rigging up this vodka bottle so he can smoke crack. And I was just like, man, I want to smoke crack too. Like I <laughs> want, it's there. Uh-huh. Like it's like you like if you go to a restaurant that serves bugs, you're going to eat a bug just mm. because it's there and it's the restaurant that serves bugs. And Neil was the friend that had crack. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I'm going to try it." And he was like, "I wouldn't be your boy if I let you try this." And I was like, "Well, don't be But he be invited my- you? So he actually invited you just to babysit? He just wanted company while he got high on crack. <laughs> Wow. And like I smoked weed at the time. So I was okay. going to smoke weed and right, eat a right. spicy like chicken sandwich. Uh-huh. Yeah. At the Red Roof Inn, as one does on a Friday night after you get off work. <laughs> and so I was like, no, let me try it. And he ends up rolling me a joint with crack like laced in it. And I smoke half that joint. And I'm like, well, this is really good. But also I need to eat. I have all this Wendy's sitting next to me. So I put the joint out and I take maybe one bite of the sandwich and I'm like, let's talk about that joint again. That was really good. And I just like put the food away and finish smoking crack. And here's the thing. It's really good. Like it's, I mean, it's, it's, it if it's that addictive, it must amazing. be amazing. Yeah. Is it like I, instant or it it's you? instant? Wow. It's instant it's an instant euphoria Hmm. and the feeling just overtakes your entire body. And I understand why it's so addictive and how people get addicted so quickly. I would never like the, the key with crack, like I said, I've done it twice. Never do it on consecutive days. Like it was so good that I knew if I smoke crack tomorrow after that, I was going (laughs) to smoke crack the rest of my life because it is, in terms of drugs, like I've never done heroin. I imagine heroin feels pretty great. Probably, otherwise, people otherwise, wouldn't right. ruin fantastic <laughs> music careers over it all the time. So I've ne- I've never done that. But crack, in terms of drugs, is the best I've ever felt. Does it? Could you compare it to anything in your life you had felt before that? Or just like no. a new sensation? No. People are like, oh, it feels like having sex. It's so much more than that. Uh-huh. Like it's like it's a feel like you can't explain it until you've done it. It's weird when people compare things to having sex. I think people just do it because they're like sex is good. But I don't feel like any of the things people have compared to sex is like sex at all. Like people like Molly is really good, but it's like not like sex. But it's because I feel like sex is like very active. Well, I you know, it's, yeah. it literally is like an active activity. And the feeling you have, like, it feels like you're, like, in a thing and you're moving around or whatever. But with drugs, I feel like it's there's a stasis to it, right? There's, like, a have just entered a feeling that's going to last and stay. And right. I think that's what drugs are cool because it's, 
I, I don't think they've... Uh, I think it's just a comparison in that people are like, it's as good as... But yeah. I feel like nothing is like that. Like, it's there's nothing like sex or Molly or whatever. Yeah. Things don't always have to be compared. Yeah. Like, with drugs, it's best to compare them to other drugs so people know. Yeah. Well, I would it's compare almo- Molly to being on the top of a roller coaster. I would say that. Like, the, the yeah. feeling you're up... But for a while, like yeah. that, that one split second you get when you get to do like a thrill ride or something, but for a long time, yeah, I would with, say that's similar. Like with drug, especially with something like crack, it's almost dangerous to compare it to sex because then people are like, oh, well, I've had sex and I survived that. So <laughs> how bad can it be? And it's, it's, it's a different thing. Like it, it, it definitely is a feeling all unto itself. There's nothing really that compares to it. That's so interesting. And I don't want that to sound like an ado- to endorsement. Go and do it. I think people know we're not endorsing any bad habits. Yeah. Don't <laughs> smoke crack. Don't, don't. If you were going to, if you smoke crack because you heard us talk about crack, you are going to smoke crack. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. That's like, a that's, weak excuse. Right. You can't be well, like, I heard a, a guy on a podcast <laughs> say he smoked crack, so I had to try it. Right. No, you didn't. That just can't be the thing. That's so interesting to me. I'm always, so I feel like, what was your relationship with drugs growing up? Like, were you here's the thing there was a poster in my grade school that had all of the different drugs it had like 12 to 15 different drugs listed on this poster and next to each drug it had a picture of what that drug was supposed to do to you Hmm. and i very vividly remember that next to pcp there was a dude who had turned into a werewolf ha and from that point on, I was like, I want to try drugs. Yeah. Like, drugs <laughs> seem amazing. And I was always really fascinated with drugs uh-huh. as a kid. Like, I remember at one point I took Whiteout, which you're supposed to be able to, like, Sniff inhale and the fumes will get you high. But I took the, the when you pull the, the brush out, there's always some amount of dried up whiteout on the side Uh and i remember once as a kid i scraped that off and snorted it oh my god just to see what would (gasps) and nothing happened like it's the fumes it's not like ingesting actual whiteout to get you (laughs) high it was dumb i also used to carry around i don't remember what the powder was it was probably flour uh-huh. But I carried it around in this little container because I saw a motherfucker on Miami Vice <laughs> carrying around a container of cocaine. So I was always fascinated with drugs. Just, so they seemed cool to you. Yeah, it always it always just seemed like some shit that I figured I would do as an adult. Yeah, that's interesting. I I had a total opposite relationship with drugs. Like I was a very good kid, and I like followed instructions. So all those like um, drug education videos and schooling and uh, posters and propaganda actually worked on me. Oh yeah, it made me think like I I want to be a person who doesn't do drugs. Like to me, I was like that's cool. A person who doesn't say yes and a person who <laughs> <laughs> gives like like you know doesn't give in to peer pressure yeah and so that was the image of myself i had so even when i had friends who were stoners and i didn't really think it was evil anymore i still in my mind was like no but i want to be this person this person who doesn't give in yeah so i didn't do like i never smoked in high school even though i grew up in the bay and a lot of my friends did and i didn't i was just hanging out with them i didn't look down on it but just in the back of my head i was always like uh-uh drugs are bad these people yeah. are good drugs are bad and uh, i didn't smoke weed till i like graduated college wow and I, by that time it was like i like kind of re-looked at everything was like ah there's no real reason for me not to do it and i'd like to do it and uh and i have a job and i've i'm an adult 
human. So okay. yeah. And then I did, but and it was fine. Everything yeah. was fine. But yeah. Yeah, I just I always knew I was gonna try drugs at some point. <laughs> like I I went through dare, I went through all of the like all the things schools do to try and keep you from doing drugs and I was just like, nah. Like yeah. I did fine in school. I did really well. I got good grades. I was a good kid. I didn't get in a lot of trouble. I just always knew I was gonna yeah. do drugs at some point. Well, you're a smart person. I feel like that's the thing. People the drugs itself aren't bad. It's the way that we do it. Like you're talking about right. crack. Like sounds like the way you did it was like I'm mean, not saying people should all go try it once because everybody's different and they might yeah. we not we don't know how you're gonna react. But uh, but your the way you came out of it was like you tried it and you're like I did that thing. Yeah, I did it like the Costco way. Like if you were just walking <laughs> past sample. and they had a little sample of crack and you're, mm, I'll try that and then yeah. you leave and never buy it. I also think that's really interesting too, though, because I tend to find in my adult life, like I didn't used to think this, but now I find that people who are open to drugs tend to be more open-minded because you're open to right. new experiences. You're open to other opinions. Like you're open to, I mean, if you go to the extreme, you get into like conspiracy theories and like people love to sit yeah. around and talk about it. But in the, in the moderate like drug dabbling field, I feel like people who have had drug experiences and cool trips, are just like so much more open to people of different backgrounds and opinions. Yeah, people who are really militant about prosecuting people for doing drugs are the same people who would vote for Trump and be like, well, those people did come here illegally, so we do yeah. need to deport them. <laughs> like it's, it, it feels like a really kind of law and order sort of mindset sure. to be that vehemently against drugs. Yeah, it's like, what are you afraid of? Yeah, like, and it's it's a it's a the like it it like you said earlier, it's a thing that doesn't really hurt anyone, especially when you get into weed and the way weed is now. Yeah, like it's like even with the cartel stuff like that, with weed being decriminalized and being made legal recreationally it's taking that element out of a lot of it. So there's literally nothing to worry about right. when it comes to marijuana. Well, yeah, I mean, to, to elaborate on the drugs not hurting anyone, obviously we know drugs can hurt people. If Addiction can hurt people. The drugs sure, itself can. Sure. And of course, if you don't know yourself well, or you're not you know, in a good place, drugs can be addictive. So they're right. very much hand in hand. I can't like negate the association. Sure. But... Um, but by itself, I don't think they're bad. But um, but yeah, I do think like I know I have an addictive personality, so I tend to stay away from drugs now. But I'm glad I had I was open to experiences in my 20s. I feel like that definitely yeah. helped me see the world in different ways and like expand my mind. Um, but I also know about myself that I like if I were able to do Molly every day, I would and totally do nothing else. So it's like I, that's why I don't do yeah. that because I know how I am. Right. But anyways, yeah. Yeah, I can't. I'm I'm bad with weed. Like, I smoke weed all day. Mm -hmm. Like, it's one of the first things I do when I wake up. Now I've gotten into, like, experimenting with different, like, trying to make my own weed butter and Ooh, edibles wow. and tinctures and things. But I also don't take any antidepressants mm -hmm. or anything. Like, I used to take... Lamictal for ADHD. Uh huh. Or, no, that was for bipolar. I took uh, Ritalin. 
No, I forget what the other one is. Oh, there's oh there's Adderall. There's one there's an one that my therapist told me that's also is for if you have ADHD and anxiety. Yeah, but I don't forget what it's called. Yeah, I don't remember what I was taking, but I I eventually stopped taking mental health drugs and just kind of wing it and use weed to keep me mellow kind of mellow yeah Yeah. because when you especially when you're in a state where weed's legal you can start like getting into different like different strains do this or help these different conditions and it's it's sort of like it's almost like a prescription medication in and of itself it is and to help me sleep and things like that i think it's better for your body than a lot of prescription drugs oh yeah um yeah, I, I'm interested. I still really, like, in my mind, there's a lot of drugs I haven't tried, and in my mind, I'm like, I think if the right time time came and I was in a good place and my headspace was okay, I would probably still be open to it. But in my immediate life, I don't really do a lot of drugs anymore. Yeah, I feel like people who do drugs just tend to be more just open-minded. I guess that's all I was trying to say. But I'm curious about, okay, so you did crack with your friend. Yes. And then was that the end of that night or did, did, did anything else happen that night? Was it like crazy? Did you guys run around? What, what happens on crack? You just kind of sit there and you're high on crack and it feels great. The second time I, cro- I smoked crack was an event. Oh, okay. That was probably a year or a year and a half later. And I was giving, I was working at a telemarketing place back when those. <laughs> oh, of course. I'd want to do crack if I had to work there too. Yeah, here's the thing. If it, back in the heyday of telemarketing, if you worked at a telemarketing place, whether you realized it or not, you worked with a lot of hardened criminals. Really? Because huh. people didn't want those jobs. That makes sense. So I was working with like dudes who had gone to prison for molesting kids <gasps> and like actual fucking gangsters and it was it was intense and there was a lot of drugs there and I was giving this guy a ride home and he stopped to buy crack on the way home and I was like yeah that's fine I don't like I'm not gonna judge you and as I'm driving him home he's like I don't really want to go smoke this around my roommate because my roommate smokes crack too and he's gonna want some uh can we go smoke at your place? And I was like, well, I'm going to want a little. And he was like, that's fine. And we went and smoked and we went and bought more after that and smoked more. And while we were smoking, my girlfriend at the time called me and asked if I would watch her kid. Whoa. (laughs) And I was like, I will absolutely not watch your kid right now. (laughs) But I couldn't be like, because I'm high on crack. (laughs) I was just like, you know, I'm like the bulls are on and I'm I, like, I'm watching TV. I just don't, I don't want to fucking watch your kid tonight. And she came to my apartment <gasps> and was knocking on oh my door my and I had to, while high on crack from inside my apartment, like talk her out of wanting to come inside. She brought her kid. She brought her kid. Oh no! And I was just like, no, I told you I don't want to watch a kid. I'm not going to answer the door. Why are you invading my privacy like this? Did she know you had ever done crack before? No, no. Okay, so she it would have been a big deal if she. It would have been a, crack. a huge deal. <laughs> wow. But I think it would have been a huger deal if I was like, "Yeah, I'll watch oh, your for kid." Sure. No, you don't want to expose the Bring kid to over. that. Yeah, that's crazy. That's so interesting too, because um, I was recently thinking about how people, like, even if you're in relationships and totally healthy 
open and honest. There's certain things, obviously, you as an individual will just be like separate, right? Because it's like you've got yeah. your private self and then yourself with your friends. Like the person you're most intimate with won't see that version because they see the intimate version of you. But I was thinking like what in my mind would feel like a lie. And I feel like for some reason, I feel like in relationships, people tend to lie about things like drugs more. Like if, right. if you're just going to do it once and it's like a night with the boys and you're like, Oh, there was Coke there, but you tend to not be a guy who does Coke. I find that, um, people tend to lie to their significant other about stuff like that. Even when it's not like a big deal. Right. I don't know if that's, I don't know why that is. If it's just because there's more of like a self sort of like self hate and like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done this thing. Yeah, I think there's a degree of shame to it, maybe. But I, I've had that happen with a boyfriend in college because um, that was when I hadn't done any drugs and he knew I didn't do drugs, but I didn't care if people did it. Like he was in a frat. I was in a sorority and I was like, I don't care. But uh, he knew that about me. And then he said he didn't do drugs either. And I was like, that's fine. He told me he had tried it before. And I was like, fine, I don't care. Yeah. And one time there was like Coke at a party and he did a line and in front of me and I didn't care. And his friend was like, do you guys want some? And I was like, no. And then he was like, I'll have some. And I was like, sure, go ahead. But then he made a big deal out of it to be like, this is all, it's only a second, second time I've ever done this. Oh, what is it? How do you do it again? And I was like, do <laughs> not. Like, I know yeah. like you just do the fucking line. And it was so weird. It threw me so off. Cause I was like, why are you lying about doing it? Just do it. Um, yeah. But it did get me thinking when you said that, that that's, I feel like that's the thing people lie about in relationships because I don't know why it's just, maybe it's like, Oh, I, they don't need to know that I did this one time. It's like, yeah, I, I, that's a thing I had to lie about a lot when I lived in South Dakota mm-hmm. because weed wasn't legal there. So I would drink a lot. And then I went through this period where I wasn't drinking and the, my girlfriend at the time was very anti-drug. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't just be like, well, what if I just replace alcohol with like weed or something? That would have <laughs> never worked. So what I ended up doing was kind of sneaking around and taking cough syrup all the time. Whoa. And I went for about two years where I was fucked up on cough syrup every day. Oh, wow. And if you've never done it, like it sounds like this kind of like minor, like high school drug type of thing, but... The active ingredient in Robitussin, is, if you take it in large quantities, it's like PCP, basically. Really? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. So I was working insurance jobs and just lying to everyone about how high I was <laughs> because I couldn't, like, smoke. I, I needed something to just, like, yeah. level me out. And weed, if you got caught with weed in South Dakota, what they would do is, like, lean on you to tell them where you got the weed from so they could go arrest the person who sold it to you. So I just never even bothered trying to find it. And that led to me sneaking around with stuff like cough syrup, which makes you projectile vomit. So it's hard to sneak around. Like if you take it too soon after eating, you will throw up on the wall (gasps) in front of you. And that, that finally happened at one point, and that was sort of how I had to admit that I'd been taking cough syrup. That's the stuff that, for a long time. Um, what's it called? It's in purple, right? Yeah, I think that's more of a codeine okay. type of thing. And the stuff in Robitussin, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a different drug. It's very hard to pronounce. <laughs> but it, like those Robitussin capsules, are just pure drugs oh were you um uh you talked about having adhd and being on meds 
at this time when you were doing cough syrup, were, had you been on meds or were you diagnosed with any of this stuff yet? I had been and wasn't really taking them because I read on I read about how they interact with the cough syrup I was taking. Oh, I gotcha. So it wasn't and like... And it would have given me like a form of toxic shock almost. Whoa. Yeah. I was only curious because I wasn't... I, I was curious if it was like a thing where it's like, oh, and sometimes if you don't get the medication or the the treatment, then it's like you still have the symptoms, so you've got to find your own way. Right. But it was more like you were like, I prefer the the drug part to the prescribed medication. Yeah, I just wanted to party. Yeah. <laughs> like I was... I was it was when I had just kind of quit my day job and was finally like writing yeah. full time and I was home all time. And I was like, you know, in that mindset where like, oh, I'm really creative when I did, sure. which I was like, I wrote, you have no idea how <laughs> many cracked articles I wrote when I was fucked wow. up on cough That's syrup. So funny. Like a lot of my early cracked articles, I was so high. <laughs> and I was always shocked at the fact that I didn't get caught mm-hmm. because for one thing, cough syrup makes you slur your words really bad <laughs> and it, it makes your tongue feel heavy. So I would talk and I just, I knew I was like talking like this and oh. nobody ever said anything. Like I would be at my job talking like that <laughs> and no one was ever like, are you drunk? Because I didn't smell like alcohol, I right. guess, but they're just like, well, we. What if he's born with it? We don't want to be insensitive, <laughs> you know. What if he's having a stroke? Oh no. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a thing I tended to lie about when I was younger, just because it. I don't know, like especially with weed, you shouldn't have to lie to someone about smoking sure. weed because it's just weed, and if. Like in that case, like I'm old enough now that I would just be like, well, we probably shouldn't be dating if you're this yeah, mad at me for smoking it. weed. Yeah. Yeah. But back then it was more of like, you know, I was stupid. So I would just hide it. Instead I'm of- like that. But with uh, instead of drugs, it's always like I don't like I, I write. I don't do it too much now. Actually, I sometimes still do, but I'll, I'll write like Tumblr poetry. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like my drugs is like nobody can know. I will not mention this on any dates, but then like, can we it, get a, a URL? <laughs> no, that, please. I don't really write. Now I, I want to take it back. No, I have a Tumblr and I really, because if anything's going to get me to quit smoking weed, it's going to be <laughs> reading your Tumblr poetry. I so rarely post in it now, but it does exist. It's out there. Um, but every once in a while, I'll still like throw something up there. And I like that. Nobody knows it because it's like a good way for me to just be like, here's like my thoughts. But that's the kind of thing where I'm like, I would be so embarrassed if someone, <laughs> It. like it is as much a part of me as you know it's like a part of me but it's yeah. like a part of me that i'm like i've decided to put it in time out in that corner and so i don't need to include it in the narrative of people <laughs> knowing me at all <laughs> but i feel like drugs are like that is like a little you know, the fact that you do drugs in private rooms or whatever it's like it's that private little part where you're like yeah this is a piece of me and i've compartmentalized it and you know what i do it with a few people like you know maybe i have a few people who like know that side the emotional side of me but for the most part i like just being like not yeah. so heavy all the time you know yeah i think if i was into hard drugs maybe it would be that now yeah where maybe i would have to sneak around and do it but man who's got the money who's like who's got the time who's got the time to be a drug addict my god i have a job yeah you might as well be like superman or something yeah i can't i can't be strung out on heroin and it's like when people have secret families i'm like how do you yeah like oh you want that many kids that's two twice the responsibility yeah 
yeah twice the disappointment like why <laughs> yeah like you can't even i don't know like if there's like no, i was gonna say a bad thing like if there's <laughs> a house fire or something like hey, you still only you shed half your yeah. responsibility. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you still have that what other if they're both on fire at the same time. Which one yeah. do you go to? How do you get there? How do you explain that? Man, that's crazy. Yeah. That would be way too much work. A whole other family. Yeah. Nah. Um, well, I'm really happy you shared that story and I'm happy that you, I don't know. It's a, do you want to smoke? Do crack I wanna now? Smoke? I'm happy you brought crack for me to try. <laughs> It is funny that we both worked at Cracked and uh, we're talking about right. Crack. Right. I never smoked Crack one time. Not, not one time at Crack. Actually, I feel like both Crack and heroin are drugs that like sound so bad because of the way media has portrayed them. But I, deep down in my heart, I know they must be so good because it's like there's no reason for them to be so dangerous if they didn't feel amazing. Right. It's I mean? just the addictiveness. Sure. I think especially with heroin is I think it's yeah. just how addictive it is that makes it such a bad thing because I, I've never heard anything but good things about how it makes you feel. Sure. And the thing with heroin and crack both is you build a tolerance to it. And so you need more and more. So you need more and more, or you have to stop for a while mm-hmm. and then start again. And that's the key difference to me with weed, like stopping weed. If you're out there struggling with weed addiction, <laughs> literally just stop for a day. Right. And you'll go, oh, shit. Yeah, I cannot smoke weed. It's yeah. fine. Because it's not physically addictive. Heroin and cocaine are physically addictive. Sure. Where when you quit, you're going to go through withdrawals and it's going to be very bad. But with weed, you're just going to be like, hmm, wish I could smoke weed uh, right now. I, yeah. But otherwise, you're just going to watch a ton of TV and maybe drink a beer or something and you'll be fine. That's true. <laughs> um, where can people find you, Adam? Uh, you can find me on the socials at Adam Todd Brown. That's Todd with one D. And check out the Unpops Podcast Network, which I uh, own and operate and host a bunch of shows on. They're all really good. And there's a bunch of shows that I'm not on on that network. So check it out. Unpops.com or Patreon.com slash Unpops. And you can find this podcast on Instagram at tellmeanythingpod or Patreon at patreon.com slash tellmeanythingpod. Or you can call in any confession you have, 323-388-3521. That's it. Thanks for listening. Goodbye, guys. Bye.